0: This is the 22nd episode of the Heat Check Podcast, and it's October 29th, 2023, when we're recording this one. Going to try and have it out for you soon. Thank you all so much for tuning in, listening to our podcast, whether you're on Spotify, YouTube, or any other podcast streaming platform. We're happy you're here and going to make it a good one for you. Joining me today is my co-host and Brandon Fott's
1: personal chef, VSP (laughs) Tallman. Welcome back to the show. Hey, how's it going? Personal chef? Why, because he's just been cooking out there or what? Hey, he's been cooking. You've been cooking for him? What's his Uh, favorite meal? Spaghetti and meatballs. Hell yeah. Oh, shit. No, i just... All right. Yeah, that's a good question.
0: That is a great question. We we might dive deeper on that one. Oh, man, a lot has happened in the last month, Tom, and we have been vigorously recording and editing recaps of every single Diamondbacks postseason game. They're in the motherfucking World Series right now, taking on the Texas Rangers. Holy shit. How did we get here? What what is going on? Uh, We're gonna have to talk about that. The NBA season has started. Uh, Suns start their season against the fuck. Who did they start their season against? The
1: Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors and yeah. Chris
0: Paul. That's right. Holy shit! How could I forget? I even wrote it down. It's right here in front of me. <laughs> All I had to do was look at my notes. Uh, then they took a loss to the Lakers, um, and then the Jazz. They won their home opener. It was the Suns' home opener, beating the Jazz. Anyway, there's some things I got to talk about there because our big three, as you call them, Booker, Beale, and Durant. Haven't played together yet this regular season. Uh, I know it's only three games in, uh, but I have some feelings on it, so we'll talk about it. And then Arizona Cardinals news. Kyler Murray back at practice this past week. Didn't play today against the Ravens, uh, so we think he might be back. Is next week the Atlanta game?
1: No, next week will be on the road against Cleveland. Next week against Cleveland. And then uh, then we have Atlanta at home. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to love this conversation even more then, because they're, they're kind of
0: baby walking him back into the starting spot and there's some mixed messages and flip-flopping i'm getting and i think me and tallman are on opposite eyes opposite sides of this argument so that that'll be fun and yeah we're just gonna talk about whatever else comes up in between those topics but uh Happy to be back. You guys might notice, no Michael Benjamin today. Oh, Michael! It's, uh, it's been a long couple weeks, and he needed a rest today. So we gave him the day off. He's chilling. I think he took a long nap today. Um, he's been our uh, number one supreme, superb, spectacular, any adjective you can think of, <laughs> video editor, and really driving force of this Valley Sports Plug train that we keep pushing forward. But It's off to Michael. You know, yeah. Give it up to Michael Benjamin. Comment, like, and subscribe and comment for Michael Benjamin. He's been putting in the work. But man, Talman, are you ready to dive into this? Yes, sir. Let's go. All right. I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to just kick it to you right off the bat. What? What the fuck, man? Diamondbacks are in the World Series.
1: Yeah, dude. Pinch me. Is this real? Is this real life? Ow! Fuck, oh, sorry. Pulled yeah, some of my I, hair out. I didn't pinch you. I pulled um, your hair. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> This, this is incredible. Um, I, what were the okay? So when the season started, what were the odds for them to make it to the World Series to win the World Series? It was like it was like sixty to one or something. Was it sixty to one? Or, it or was like two hundred fifty to one for them to win or something. Oh yeah, it was something crazy for them so, to win the World Series. I don't, okay. I
0: don't understand how those odds when it's like sixty to one versus like minus you know I the betting terms and I don't, I don't know how that translates but no I'm sorry I didn't yeah, mean Yeah but either way it yeah. was
1: long as fuck odds for them to make it to the World Series so uh it's it was incredible how we even made it to the playoffs to begin with if you remember we ended the season on a four game losing streak got swept by the Astros we were at the second we, to last game there yeah, yeah we, we basically just you know we we hovered into the playoffs we did not have a good end of the season but we captured that wild card sp- excuse me that wild card spot Weren't supposed to beat the Brewers. Weren't supposed to beat a uh, 100-plus win Dodgers team. Hell no. Let alone sweep them. And then the Phillies, I mean, it's just been an incredible ride. It, it doesn't, again, it, it doesn't feel real. I, I would ask you to pinch me again, but you're gonna. I'm not going to have enough hair <laughs> left on my arm. I'm going to look like Josh Dobbs after this. Oh, no. Um, oh, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a low blow. I'm sorry, Josh. He it, has
0: a medical condition, Tallman. Okay.
1: All right. Don't make me feel bad about it. Jeez, I'll cook him oh, up fine. some right, uh, branded Fott food. Josh Dobbs um, is doing just fine. <laughs> food for Fott. That's that's my saying. Food for Fott? Yeah, food for Fott. Because you're fought. a chef. Yeah. You brand that. Nice. Hey, look at that. That I was a like good it. one. That was a good one. But yeah, I don't know. I It still doesn't feel real, and these first two games have been incredible. As we're recording this, Game 3 is tomorrow. Uh, so we've gotten to see a little bit of the start of the series, and I this is a great matchup for the Diamondbacks. I mean, they are they can beat this rangers team i think we are the hotter team right now i mean on on paper maybe yeah look i mean what look up whatever their uh their their team their cap is or excuse me their their uh team salary the rangers or the d-backs the rangers i want to say it's over 200 million so you're talking about they they spent some money on that oh, team. Oh yeah,
0: their pitch they invested like almost yeah, most of their they, money in their pitch. They
1: spent some money on that team, but I like the way we match up with them. 8th overall payroll 184 million. Look at that. 184. I chaos okay, was, wasn't that. Close and we remember that
0: D-backs are 23rd payroll with 62 million. 62. So yeah, nice. again, we find ourselves facing a team that has in this case over 120 million more in payroll. Than our than our guys.
1: That's Drama incredible. Stuff. That's incredible stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's this is great. I think uh the biggest challenge, the D backs have already they've already accomplished it. They've already r- rose above the biggest uh hurdle that they had, which was the Phillies. I mean the Phillies were I didn't like the way the D Backs matched up with the Phillies. That was a very, very tough series. Um, at that phillies team it was just full of stars and the phillies are a better team than the rangers so the the d-backs already already created some magic to even be in the world series and i'm the series should be 2-0 two, two it should be the d-backs should be winning yeah series. Well, and, it,
0: and exactly that's what i wanted to touch on is like exactly to your point that you were making there and before is the diamondbacks are clearly the better team. They should have won that first game if it wasn't for Paul Seawald walking the runner on and then and then also giving up the home run. That's a completely different story because if Paul Seawald just goes in there, shuts it down, we win. And then assuming we have the same performance next game, it's 2-0 com- on the road coming back. Now, granted, that was kind of the Rangers whole thing that they have going for them is that they've played really well on the road this postseason. They won all four of their games on the road against Houston to even be in the World Series. So that part does scare me just a little bit. Uh, again, Chase Field is a hitter's park, so are they going to come in here and absolutely mash it? I mean, although we won 9-1, to that was something I think uh, we were talking about last night before we recorded the recap is that... They did hit a lot of balls really far. They just were caught on the warning track or right before it. So if, you know, if that goes an extra 20, 30 feet, that's out of here. I know that is kind of asking for a lot, but I don't want to be too cocky, but I'm right there with you, man. I think the Diamondbacks are the better team. I think they're showing that the Phillies were a tougher matchup. For this team, and we overcame that. On paper, the Dodgers were a tougher matchup than this, and we overcame that. Granted, it was just a what a three, four, five game series with the Dodgers, best of five, yeah, best of five there, and we and we and we showed out, and we fucking did it. Um, but the, I want to want to rewind a little bit because when you're talking about what the expectations were man like we were recording these this heat check podcast and doing mlb preview streams on youtube and we were talking about the expectation for this team this year to be go above 500 and make the postseason like best case make the postseason and we'll be happy and they've far exceeded those expectations and now the national media is going to hate on us for being an 84 win team in the world series and on top of that saying that where oh, why are they saying they don't deserve to be here? They're playing that tired trope, or like no one, not not that they don't deserve to be here, but that um, nobody believes in us. Cause like honestly, man, like I'm not saying I didn't believe in the Diamondbacks. I didn't believe they'd make the World Series. If you asked me even a month ago, when when we started the postseason run do you think the Diamondbacks will go through this postseason and make it it to the World Series? What Diamondbacks fan would have honestly looked you in the face and said, yeah, I think they're going to do it? Not a
1: single one. Nobody. No. Well, because the the biggest thing was, okay, we're ending the season in September. Yeah, we got a wild card. Yeah, a a three-game wild card series. Yeah, we can pull that off. But the biggest question mark was, how does this pitching rotation make it through a seven-game series?
0: With only two... Two real starting pitchers and a question mark in Brandon Five exactly. at the beginning of October, yeah. right?
1: With, with only three actual starting pitchers, right? I mean, we saw it in the NLCS. We had to do a, a bullpen game in the NLCS, and it, it actually worked out. Uh, but but I'm with you, man. I, I, you know the the bigwigs at all the TV stations are like, God damn it. Yep. The World Series is the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. I mean, what, the Rangers won 90 games in the regular season? Something like that, yeah. D-backs one eighty four. This is not this is not your big time matchup in the in the World Series that you know all these everybody wants to see to draw all that all the extra viewers and and whatnot. But hey, I don't care. Everyone in Arizona is going to be watching it. I'm stoked as shit. I could give two shits less what anyone thinks or who's sad, what CEO's upset about the viewing. Uh, but no, you're right. It's it's kind of that. It, it, are we the is it our Cinderella story, right? I mean, the whole way through, we've been the underdogs every single, every single matchup, every single series. Yeah. And then how you mentioned, I just wanted to jump back real quick. You mentioned how you're you're afraid, uh, or a little worried. Sorry, not afraid. Uh, worried about the Rangers Never afraid. And, and how? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, worried about the Rangers on the road. Um, and how, how good they've been on the road. Well, think about how good the Diamondbacks have been at home. We've only won lot one game or excuse me, lost one game at home. Granted, what? We've only played four of them at home. Yeah. Right? One with the Dodgers and then uh three with the Phillies. So we've only lost one of those games. And then look what we did on the road. The, the, the D-backs are just... We're good on the road and at home. You know? it's it, We're just rolling. They're, they're hot right now. I mean... For a Diamondbacks team, an eighty-four win baseball team, to go into Philadelphia in the postseason, down a game in the series, to win Game Six and Seven in Philadelphia with that crazy crowd, I mean, no one, yeah. no one beat the the Phillies at home in the postseason until well, the Diamondbacks did it. Whatever and the- we did it two nights in a row.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I wanna let you keep going a little bit, but I was just gonna say, like the whatever the opposite of home field advantage is is what we've had this entire postseason. Every team we faced was a higher seed. And so we were always up against the odds in every single series, and this is no different. And now we've evened it up to where the Rangers are gonna have to win one on the road to be able to win this series.
1: I'm so sorry, I was I was uh No you're fine. I know you're thirsty. I was, I was <laughs> taking a drink break there. Um but yeah, no the the Rangers they're they're gonna have to. I mean, because what was it? It was in the, the the ALDS or no? Excuse me, ALCS, right? Um, what? Houston beat them. No, the Rangers beat Houston on the road, and they went up two zip, and then they came back, and Houston won two games on the road. So they were all they were all crazy over there in that other uh, in the other uh, championship series, but. Yeah, the Rangers, they're going to have to win one. And then if you look at props to the fans, man, look at just kind of how Chase Field has just, I I don't know. I mean, just going to that one game in the NLCS, game five, it felt like a different environment, different atmosphere. Uh, The the people were, we were alive, man. It was the loudest I've ever heard, the most people I've ever seen in that huge, huge stadium. But it's, you know, we've, we've really transformed the fans, you guys, you guys have transformed that stadium into incredible home field advantage for this Diamondbacks team. And, yeah, only one loss at home. I think the Rangers, Rangers are going to have a tough time. And we, we know how uh, how the D-backs play at Chase Field. We know how some of our best pitchers pitch at Chase Field. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for that Rangers team. And we got three in a row at home. And what's great is I, I could see them winning all three of those and it could be a hey we're going to close you guys out four games to one and we don't even have to go back to texas so it's, that would be ideal that would, would be, be in a yeah. perfect
0: world like that's exactly what i want to see happen yeah
1: but i'm not going to sell the rangers short they're a good team i just think the d-backs we, we match well with them right um our bullpens a lot better than theirs they have a little more firepower on offense but it's our, i think some of our starting pitchers are a little better than theirs. I, we match good. We match good. We're not totally out... Uh, what was it? We're, we're not totally outnumbered on the offense like we were at the Phillies, but we'll give them some props. They got some good players on a team. Corey Seager's a beast. Your boy uh, Ardolis Garcia... Ardolis, is, yeah, yeah. ...is also a beast. I mean, the guy's... He's already set, I think, a postseason record for RBIs before he even stepped foot... or stepped in a box in a World Series game. So he's... He's setting some records, man. That's a good team. They're well, a good team. And what
0: about that 21-year-old kid just turned 21 in August, Evan Carter, Carter. Oh, batting third in their rotation? He's had an absolute tear on the postseason. I mean, just in the limited uh, appearances he had in the regular season, he had a three oh six average with five home runs and 12 RBIs. Uh, postseason so far, he's he's picking up right where he left off. He's had 15 hits, uh, eight doubles six RBIs so he's he's killing it for them and he got on base a couple times he's got he's gotten a hit in every each of the games we've played him so far uh looks like he's got at least a five game hitting streak going on I mean that kid that kid's really good so to your point there like they do they do have some pieces Josh Young isn't bad Nathaniel Lowe hasn't been great this postseason for them um but they have two really good catchers that can hit also in Mitch Garver and Jonah Heim um Jonah Heim another pretty young guy I think what is he uh 28 okay so not super young but you know, everyone's got to start somewhere, <laughs> Yeah, right. but we also have a rookie like that, right? Like Corbin Carroll was a rookie this season and he is the best player on our team right now. And he was a little bit quiet in the Philly series there in the, in the middle stretch, but he showed up when it mattered. And he's honestly the reason we closed out that game seven, man, like him and, and Brandon fought start. And I do want to talk a little bit about Brandon fought because I just feel like he's almost, you know, maybe a legend in the making. Because he is so young and has only has more room to grow from here. And I don't think you can use the argument that teams you know, haven't been able to scout him or figure him out yet. There's enough tape and the knowledge of Brandon Fott. He's so far in his last couple of stars, man, I've been so impressed with the placement of his pitches, the velocity he's having. It's like, I think we were talking about this a little bit last night, too. You, you almost want to elevate Merrill Kelly to being our premier ace and i'm tempted to say brandon fott's our be- second best starting pitcher right now just because of the funk Zach gallin's been in i mean he's lost his last 3 starts gets banged up doesn't have very much velocity on his pitches and honestly his command hasn't really, really been where it ne- we need it to be i just think brandon fott man has been so impressive and if you can say it's you know lightning in a bottle it's just a good could just be a good run and he cools down when we start next season but are you optimistic for the prospect of Brandon Fott being another ace we can add to this team going forward for the next two, three years with this
1: group of guys we got? Oh, oh big time, man. I mean, do you even think about it, us making the, the wild card, because this is a young team. You mentioned Carroll, let alone uh, Gabriel Moreno, which is oh, yeah. he's going to be one of the best catchers in baseball in the next four or five years, guarantee it. And then you look at Perdomo, you look at Alec Thomas. I mean, we got... We got some young dudes. What they're they're all twenty three years old, man. We got some young dudes that are contributing contributing in a big way on a big stage. Uh, but for Fott, you know he's he's a rookie as well, like you said. Uh, but or what I was sorry, what I was saying was we were coming into this wild gar- this wild card series against the Brewers, and the Brewers were a hot team. Don't don't forget that. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. you know we're all sitting there like, hey, I don't know if we're gonna win the wild card, but you know this is gonna be a great learning experience for this young team and then look at what they're doing now they're learning so much and they're winning we're in the world series so this is some incredible experience that brandon fott's gonna have and it was crazy every single start he had it was like this is the biggest start of his career oh and then his next start comes up oh now this is the biggest start of his career oh game seven of the nlcs against the phillies in philadelphia this is now the biggest start of his career so he's it's just the, the way that he's grown and he's rose up to every single occasion. The kid's a stud, man. And this is going to carry over. I mean, think about it. Going to the offseason, he's going to have all the confidence in the world, regardless of how this World Series goes. Because this season's already a win for the I, I Obviously, it's so close. You can taste it. It's so sweet. You want it. You want the prize? You do. It's right there. It's right there for the taking. So you want them to win the World Series, but it's a win no matter what. But Brandon Fodd, he's going to be a big piece going forward because I mean, just look at it. He's getting so much valuable experience and his confidence has to be through the roof. There's no doubt about it. But Merrill Kelly, man, Mer- Merrill Kelly's been an absolute killer. I mean, him and Fod have just really really shined in these last in the, the start of this World Series or excuse me, uh, kelly in the start of the world series and then last series fought and kelly have really been incredible but your boy gallon i mean you can't get rid of the guy that's been so solid for you during the regular season i don't know if he's just gassed man i don't know what it is but i mean he's his fastball has just been people have just been jumping on it they've been jumping on it and he's I don't know. He doesn't have the the command and the swing and miss rate. Really, it seems like he's getting a lot of hard hit balls off him. Yeah, and it's kind of the opposite with Fot. Like Fot had that issue during the start, the beginning of the season, he where smashed, he was getting, man. yeah, he yeah. was getting absolutely smashed. But then he really came into form where he, dudes, the kid's throwing some gas, man, and he's really grown into his secondary pitches as well. Yeah, where he throws a nasty changeup. He can get you on that curveball when you least expect it. And he's really grown into form and he's not relying on that fastball, which was, which was the killer for him was he was trying to just throw a pass guys every single start in the beginning of the season. And, I mean, you're talking, yeah, you want to try to throw a ninety seven mile per hour fastball by a major league hitter. It can happen, but some of these guys are going to catch up with you and they're going to hit it over the fence.
0: yeah, the hundred mile an hour fastball isn't as crazy as it used to be. Guys yep. are way more prepared for those high nineties fastballs than they were even just ten years ago it's it's a It's a new ball game, man, like as technology and training methods improve and these players grow up and start at ages, and we know more knowledge about that you know i I think I don't want to get too derailed with that. I'm, I'm I want to stay focused on the Diamondbacks. <laughs> I was about to go on some tangent about uh, less Tommy John surgeries in the future, and I hope that's the case. But I have nothing to back that up. That is just absolute pure speculation on my point, on my part, excuse me. But yeah, man, you're on point with everything you're saying, I and mean, I agree. I don't think you get rid of Zach Gallen. I'm not saying you expressly sorry expressly demote him. To <laughs> I just kind of played footsie with Tommen if go. anyone's wondering. Um, but no, I don't think you expressly say like, oh, Zach Gallen, you're our number three. Like through the rest of, at least the rest of this World Series, he's going to be the number one guy. And he should be. I mean, he what he did in the regular season is part of the reason we're even here to begin with. And it's not to say he's had a complete shit postseason. He's had a, a fairly decent
1: one up until, you know, recently where he's kind of hit yeah, a wall. I mean- don't forget, he was the starting pitcher in the All Star Game. Yeah, there you go. He, he, was, he was a was Cy Young like, candidate most yeah, of the season. He had a 11 and three record going to the All Star Game. and Then he finished the season six and six. So he had a terrible second half. Why yeah. I remember that I don't know. <laughs> um, but he had a terrible second half to his season, and yeah, he has struggled in the postseason, unfortunately. But I mean, even if you wanted to switch it up, you can't now. Your rotation's right. your rotation because you got you know dudes can't be pitching; they got to rest up, man. So it is what it is this year. Well, And,
0: and just cons- consider that contrast, though, because it's like everything's <laughs> coming together at like it needs to, where when Zach gallen's not doing as good, you have other guys coming and picking up the slack, where Merrill Kelly is just 100% on point. Brandon Fah is right up there with him just about pitching his fucking ass off, and you kind of have this three man rotation, and then even our bullpen man, when you have the bullpen game and you have mantiply Sal Frank Thompson, all those guys doing their job, even though it's only one or one and a quarter innings or whatever uh one and a third innings excuse me they're they're doing their job when they're called upon and getting it done I mean Andrew Sal Frank didn't come up to the major league roster from triple A until September, the early September, I think, so he only got about a month with this team, and he's been absolute. An absolute stud out of the bullpen, man. And Seawald, I remember you and I had just finished a round of golf, and the D backs were playing the first game after we had traded for Seawald, and he got the close offer, or the, I'm sorry, the save opportunity, and he blew it, man. They blasted a home run and and walked it off and, and fucking beat us, and it was embarrassing. It's like, oh shit, we just traded for this guy, but he's been solid, and I'm not going to hang one World Series blown save on his head because he has done his job as well throughout this postseason. I just think it's funny how we were with guys like Brandon Fought just a couple months ago, you know, three months ago, whatever, we were saying, I don't want to see Brandon Fought in the major league level for the rest of this season. They need to send him down to triple A. He needs to get right. And then next year, maybe he can come up and be a starting pitcher in this rotation. And it was just this revolving door and we were like damn, Hazen, why didn't you trade for a pitcher at the deadline? Oh, you got Tommy Pham and Jace Peterson, and Jace Peterson's been absolute dog shit and garbage, <laughs> and he is on this postseason roster. He's on this world
1: season uh, roster, but even... Uh, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so uh at the, the trade deadline, the D-backs trade for Jace Peterson. At the trade deadline, the Rangers traded for Max Sturger, so... Crazy. I mean, look at it. Like, you, you look at what... That just plays into their their payroll as well. But sorry, you said Jace Peterson, and I was like, this is what the move we did. Granted, yeah, we did add Seawald, but you got the Rangers over here trading yeah. for, you know, one of the the better veteran pitchers in the league.
0: Yeah, well, and we got Tommy Pham who was a major catalyst in that game to win with four, going four for four. I did think it was really cool cuz there was a lot of criticism. Uh, people were criticizing Tory like how could you take Tommy Pham out from getting an opportunity to be only the third player ever or the fourth player ever to have five hits in a World Series game. Yeah, I think was, he would have been the fourth. He would have been the fourth. Yeah. Yeah, and and he came out on Instagram, I think, and cor- and set the record straight, if you will, and said that he asked Tory to put in Jace Peterson for him so he could. Get a bat in the World Series, an at bat in the World Series. Oh, really? I did not see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I texted you and Mike that this morning. But yeah.
1: Oh, God, I got to pay more attention. To yeah, my phone. man.
0: This is, this is, uh, these are how your uh, Valley Sports plug
1: hosts stay in touch with one another. <laughs> they ignore they just, text messages. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I see. Fan asked Tori to put in Jace. Oh. Yeah. So
0: it's, okay. it's like a really good feel good story. Cause obviously we had that game in the
1: bag at that point. I mean, at least, yeah, hope, yeah, yeah. Barring anything catastrophic. Yeah. I, mean, I I asked Tori, "Can Jace hit for me? I wanted my dog to get his first World Series at bat. Stop this narrative, please. What I do? Respect, Let's dude. Go. Yeah, that makes me love Tommy Fam even more. Like dude, on top Tommy of Pham's the man. So, so you mean know, Seawald Fam? Guess you got to take a Jace
0: Peterson just to fill out that utility slot. We we don't really have much going on at third base. Emmanuel Rivera's kind of been a stud lately as far as getting hits when we need him. His clutch level in the show is probably like 85 or something like that. Is it really? I don't know. I'm making oh, up. Making
1: up. <laughs> I was going to say, for a while, he was as lost as his mustache. Oh, man. But his chains are on point, man. Hey. He had so much ice last ice, night. Ice, baby. Dun, 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 dun.
0: Crazy. But, yeah, man, this Diamondbacks team, they have just exceeded every expectation, every goal we had set for them. So, even if... The Rangers win this World Series. This season is a success and more than a success. Like, I can't even think of the word right now to describe this season because they've just.
1: It's incredible. It's unreal. Like, I am just still in shock. It really is.
0: Looking at, like, the the social media and just going on ESPN and like the only baseball game being played right now is Diamondbacks Rangers they are the last two teams standing out of what 30 32 teams in the MLB 30 30 I can never keep track because it's like of, all the all yeah. leagues are real footballs cool. 32 32 basketball 30. 30 baseball
1: 30 hockey 30 right hockey's 30 nobody cares about hockey uh-huh. i'm sorry yeah.
0: we, well maybe we'll cover hockey someday we always talk about it. the coyotes aren't off to a horrible start to their season but uh not doing too great anyway yeah diamondbacks man um i love it i love it i'm really excited to see what happens game three is gonna be Oops. on monday sorry
1: there's 32 teams in the hockey league. 32 teams in hockey. yeah okay, because so remember they added uh the kraken and kraken the and the golden knights yeah. yeah there you go there you go i that didn't feel right feel right when i said that um but yeah, just, just one last thought, though. on the, no, yeah, go for it. Uh, the, the season is an absolute success. I mean, you overcame every single obstacle. You outperformed every expectation that was set to you. And then you can even still, even though in the middle of the World Series, Game 3 coming up, you can turn on ESPN, and they're still talking about the Dallas Cowboys. They're still talking about LeBron James and the Lakers. Where is the love for Arizona sports, my dude? Where is this? Look at this absolute Cinderella story of a team. The underdogs outperforming everybody, beating the superstar Dodgers, the superstar Phillies, getting to the World Series. This is an incredible, incredible performance by a team that's payroll is only $70 million. So, total success, whether we take home, we lift the trophy or not. But then it gives you, it makes you thinking. What happens in the offseason? You have an incredible young core. You're doing something right. You got a great manager, right? So are you going to spend a little bit of money? Who are you going to bring in? I mean, look at this group. They're a connected team. They're a dangerous team, right? The words of Tori Lovello. So what can you add to this team if you spend a little bit of cash? You could definitely upgrade third base, coming right the top of my mind what jumps out of me is third base you got zero production out of your third base position absolutely all season yeah so i mean there you gotta spend some money this this small market bullshit i mean come on we're one of the biggest cities metropolitan areas in that entire country we're top five top six yeah right how is there no there's no market for this guy to spend more than a 100 million dollars on payroll makes no sense and then think about what happened now i mean dude i just went to a, a sports clothing store here at what in Queen Creek, just sports, all the dime back shit is sold out. I mean, yeah, look, this city is, this city is uh, rallying around this team, right? Like th- you just created, you stirred the pot. You got people all excited about this baseball team. What do you think attendance is going to be like next season? What are our expectations going to be like next season? Like you got to go out there. You got to invest in this baseball team. You got to put some guys in there around these, this young core that you did a very good job at creating and mm-hmm. lining up, but I think it's time to go all in. I no, I don't disagree whatsoever, and they should have money
0: to do that because throughout this entire postseason, all they've been doing is raking in the cash. I know they've had fewer home games, but I'm pretty sure they do some type of split where they get some of the profits from the road right. games as yeah. well. So they should they should be making money throughout this postseason. But besides that point, like that's a, what you said is absolutely. 100% true. It is that we are kind of a small market based off the fan base because of being a transplant city and we've had that conversation a million times but there's one thing that I know about people that transplant here is that when the local teams are doing well, they hop on the bandwagon right away and so it might be unfortunate. You can bitch about it if you want but as if you put together a high quality sports team that performs and is in the playoffs and being successful, the fans here in Arizona will root for them and they'll show up and they'll buy merchandise dies and they'll be on board look at what the suns are doing they've been here the longest and they're absolutely fucking killing it and yeah during those dog days when we were going to games getting eight dollar bleacher seats and yelling at eric bledsoe it was cheap and the suns weren't doing so great and their payroll wasn't crazy and nobody wanted to be here but now that they're successful and one of the premier teams in the league shit's hard to get into the tickets are expensive everyone's a suns fan and people are hopping on
1: yeah it's gonna be tough to touch a a cheap good value ticket in footprint center this year yeah but no you're right i mean i mean they, they, cody they, used to, the they yeah. used to give away tickets they used to give away so
0: many tickets yeah. you'd see like oh section 308 is the boys and girls club of america and it's like the whole upper deck is empty except that section where they gave away all those tickets yeah, right. to the boys and girls club. or they give them to the, like
1: fries food and drug and they give it to all their employees. yeah to their employees <laughs> or something yeah
0: just to get fans in the building to be cheering yeah. for their team no it's um and those days i mean as long as you have a good team on the field those those days are done. So I think, I hope Ken Kendrick realizes that reaches into his pocketbook a little bit and spends some money to help these young guys that you got for cheap, elevate even more by adding, you know, 20, 30 million worth of cap and see what you can get at third base. I don't know if um, Jordan Lawler is going to be ready to play short. I don't know if Geraldo Perdomo is the guy we want in there every day. Maybe there's a guy coming up in free agency that we can get to help out in that role as well. I mean, it seems like we're pretty down packet catcher, uh, first base uh, Corbin Carroll I like I want to I want him to see Thomas see Thomas continue to take strides Lourdes Goriel, I think he'll still be here he's been pretty solid for us Ketel Marte is just a cornerstone at this point at second so yeah third base is the biggest one maybe get another starting
1: pitcher to help us out Oh, well, starting pitcher. continue to serve. build
0: out the bullpen and this team is just going to keep
1: rolling yeah and then well Perdomo I mean that dude's came into, He's coming to form. this oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's like if you're a Jordan Lawler fam or fam. I just said fam. If you're a Jordan Lawler fan or you're Jordan Lawler, you're like shit. You don't want to sit sit here and see Perdomo doing so good. Yeah. I mean, the guy, he's in. He's lethal in that nine spot in that lineup, dude. I mean, his his bunt, his sack bunts. I mean, the guy just pulls out pulls hits on a, a two strike count out of nowhere. The dude gets on base. So I think he's he's solidified himself, and I'm sitting here like, damn! I feel like Perdomo's. the dude Perdomo's only 23 years old. Yeah, man. he's young too. Like, yeah, it's he's, wild. It, he was an all star. Yep, he was an all star. So he's. I think he's. We're pretty good at shortstop. And then you forget. Just like it's easy to forget about uh, defensive ability in the MLB, but he's a stud defensive shortstop as well. Yeah, he's not bad. He's he doesn't have a lot of errors, right? so i think we're good there third base is what jumps out starting pitching because um last time i remembered uh a starting pitching rotation is five pitchers not three <laughs> so we're, we definitely uh got some yep. work to do there yep 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 don't want to see too many bullpen
0: games happening in june and july um you hope that you have a nice five-man rotation you can rely on at that point so yeah the offseason is going to be huge but i don't want to put Anything too far ahead of ourselves, we still have five potential games to play in this World Series. And make sure you're uh, following us on social media so you can uh, watch our recaps of every single game, get our take and what the keys in that game were. Also, you get to see some highlights mixed in there as well. But Talman, I want to keep this rolling along here in this 22nd episode of the Heat Check Podcast. So what do you say we talk about the Phoenix Suns? Let's do it. Hell yeah. All right, let's go. I mean, they're starting their season kind of not quite how we expected yeah, in in the some old ways three. <laughs> the I old mean, 3 the
1: big 3. Devin Booker is not that I old, know, but average out their ages between the 3 of them, yeah, they'd be like 30. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be that
0: bad. I don't know. Um but yeah, they're they're off to an interesting start. They're two and one on the season, so that's good. Uh trending in a positive direction there. But so far, our big three or old three, as Talman has dubbed them, have not yet taken the court together uh to play a regular season basketball game. We did get to see them a little bit in the postseason, having some uh first and second quarter action together. But yeah, Bradley Beal has been out with lower back tightness. Uh he's injured. Uh Devin Booker played the season opener against the Warriors but then missed the next two games with a foot injury Uh, so Michael Benjamin would tell you that uh, it's not a great start for the book ones uh, the shoes uh, that Devin Booker his first signature shoe Uh, don't know what if there's a correlation there but definitely something to keep an eye on Um, it is a little interesting not to go on a tangent about the shoes but that he did try and make them be A more casual basketball hybrid where it's something you could wear out on a night at the club or you could wear it on the basketball court. It's and a uh,
1: club. <laughs> yeah, they and
0: he honestly, he, I, I think if I'm remembering correctly, he did say he kind of wanted them to have kind of like a skate shoe look to them too. And if you look at them, they really do, they have like a real flat bottom to them. Kind of, just look up a picture of them. You've seen them, yeah. We, no, we, no I don't know, shown if I, before. Uh,
1: I can't remember what they look like, yeah, but.
0: The I want the biggest thing I want to talk about with the Suns is just some of the narratives that have been popping up around the internet and with the radio guys and different personalities and these people in the Valley that talk about the Phoenix Suns. And one of the biggest sentiments I think that's come across is that a lot of people just aren't too worried about the big three not playing together yet. A big one I saw, and I I should have pulled it up here, but one of the local writers, I think it was, on Twitter, or I guess x.com now, said that the Suns aren't... He he wrote a big thread, and he said, the Suns are not trying to win games in October. They're trying to win games in June. And I get that. You, You know, it's all about making it to the playoffs, and then from there, you know, pacing yourself. Making it to the playoffs and pacing yourself. So I can appreciate that. I can get behind it. I don't want them to go all balls out, like they did in, in 2021 or whatever year it was, having the the franchise best record, winning all those games, and then losing in the, in the finals and the playoffs the past couple seasons. It's been three disappointing playoff exits in a row. So there's been that narrative about that now they're pacing themselves. They've learned from their mistakes. So it's not about playing in every single regular season game. It's about staying healthy and making the playoffs so that you can perform. I can get behind that. But at the same time, This is exactly what we were worried about when we made these trades for Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. Yes, they are spectacular players. They are all-stars. They are superstars when healthy. And these guys are not ever healthy for a full season. And I know it's rare nowadays to play a full 82 games. I'm not asking them to do that. But guys like Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal are only playing maybe 50 games. And so I even posed a question like, how many games are these guys going to play together? Tom, and I think while I was even just writing out some of my notes here, I, I noted, like, is it over under 30? And what, did you say 20? They're going to play 20 games together? <laughs> was it that It might not have been that bad.
1: No, I was, I might have been a little dramatic on that. Um, but the way it's starting, yeah, it feels like, what, are they only going to play 20, 25 together? A realistic number, though, we'll probably see if all goes well, right? Um, I would, if I had to bet, I'm sure the line's probably fifty-two and a half. I bet you yeah. that would be the line. Um, I would say under. I, I, I could see them only playing forty-five games together. Uh, but right now, it's easy to say, well, what the hell? You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's starting to feel like maybe they only play twenty, twenty-five, and then you're sitting there. Kevin Durant's not—he's not playing hero ball at all. But I mean, he's trying to do it all on his own. And all it takes is him to slip on a layup in practice, and he's gone for a couple weeks, Uh, which you don't want to see that. I mean, because KD's, I mean, he's as old as his jersey now, you know, his jersey number. (laughs) So you got to watch out for that. He's no spring chicken. That's right. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, I thought you were still. Wrong. No, no, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I didn't mean to kill you.
0: Kill you there, but um, yeah. I know. I just think the biggest part of it for me with wanting them to all three be on the court for as many games as possible together, even if they're you know getting out to an early lead and then you kind of give them some rest later in the game, or I need, I know there's going to be some rest here and there, and. At the same time, the NBA is cracking down on it, but I don't want to go in that direction. I wanted to talk about just the fact that I do want them to play together and get that camaraderie built up and that chemistry because it's a bunch of new players on this roster. I mean, I was trying to go through the list from last season. You can kind of count Kevin Durant because we got him at the trade deadline, but you really got Devin Booker, Josh Akogi, uh Who's the, the guy we got from Golden State? Um, Damian Lee. And then that's just about it, I think, now, because Ish Wainwright's gone. uh, We waived him. Yeah, yeah. So we got a lot of new guys in uh, Utah: Wantanabe, Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen. These guys that are playing significant minutes are, are totally new here. And so there really is, I know these guys are professional basketball players and they they can and will gel pretty quickly, but you really got to figure out your flow and who's going to have what role and at what times during a game, especially when you're talking about a postseason run. And it just worries me that if these guys are only playing 30, 35 games together, are they going to be ready to know who's in charge and who's going to take, do what in what spot once we get to the postseason? Cause there's Only so many situations you can find themselves in. And I mean, in a perfect world, right, when these three guys are all on the court together, we're going to win every game by 10 to 20 points or more, you would think. Like on paper, that's the thought, right? But it's not a guarantee because there are some tough opponents out there. I mean, we saw the Milwaukee Bucks start their season in the East with their new duo, if you will, I guess, in Giannis and Damian Lillard and they did absolutely incredible and they're off to a hot start and in the West we got beat by the Lakers you know we know what Anthony Davis can do when he's healthy that's another guy where he's not going to play a full 82 LeBron at his advanced age and and it's incredible that he's still doing what he's still doing but there's teams out there that are going to challenge us and then we'll have those different situations to get the looks of who's going to do what in what spot but i think it's very naive to say oh they're not worried about games in october november they just have to be worried about games in june well you know you start building towards that in these early months cuz there's going to become a lull in the middle of the season where guys are banged up you do, i just i'm what i'm really saying is you don't want them to be banged up in the beginning of the season Or the middle, you don't ever want them to be banged up, but ideally, you know, you know, in a a realistic world, you know it's going to happen mid season, and I just, I can't get behind the the thought of being okay with them not being on the court to start the season.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you, and it's it's so easy because the the comment that you're saying, you know, they're not worried about winning games in October, about you know, they're only worried about the playoffs, pretty much, and it's so easy for you know a team of this caliber with the expectations that they have with the star uh, the star players that they have it's so easy to say well the regular season doesn't matter the matter you know the regular season doesn't matter at all like they're a shoe in for a playoff spot and it's kind of like let's just sim the regular season fast forward and let's get to the playoffs right because i mean this team's gonna win 60 games at least you would think right? yeah they're gonna f- they're gonna find a uh some type of playoff spot so it's, it's easy to say that but at the same time, it's like, well, it's it's kind of not the case anymore. Like you mentioned, all the new faces, the new coaching staff. I mean, this is a this is a whole new journey for this team. You know, it's like they got to figure out how they're going to be successful together, right? It's not just hey, let me go and it's like in Madden where you turn the salary cap off and you go into the <laughs> off season and you sign every single free free agent um, that's on the market and you have this stacked ass team. It's not like that. They're not just going to gel all the way together. Like it's this is a whole new journey. Like this regular season does matter, you know. And then how the whole question with load management, you know, the all the stuff they're trying to do to make sure all the the superstar players play. And then the age limit was it thirty five, or no, it's years of experience. I don't remember exactly what it is. Where you don't yeah. have to play in back to backs if you meet the certain criteria. Um, but this team needs it. They need all the time they can get together on the court. Like I'm I'm with you on that because they you know you still have to figure out who does what there's no true point guard right and and it's easy to sit here and say well the one guy that's going to have to sacrifice is going to be Bradley Beal cuz number 1's book number two's Durant and Beal Beal's going to be the number 3 guy so he's the one that's going to have to sacrifice he's going to have to be more of a facilitator but we have yet to see him yet on the court uh, and, and play together in an actual regular season, meaningful basketball game. And then it also, yeah, the, the age thing, you know, the, the injury history with Beal is, is, is definitely uh worrisome. And then he's sitting here on, uh, out, not playing on the bench because of a back injury. I mean, have you ever hurt your back before? That's, that's that's a that's something that can kind of be a roller coaster. It can flare up, and so that's kind of scary as well. A guy with the back injury, uh, so I'm with you, man. It, it every every minute matters, and like I said before, I, I hope you would see them at least play 50 games together as a as a trio.
0: Yeah, no, and you're right because back in. Back, back, back injuries are very fickle and something to take seriously. So I'm not saying you throw Beal out there injured. I'm not saying his injury isn't severe enough to warrant sitting out. Same with Booker's foot injury. They could be completely valid injuries. I'm just saying it's supremely disappointing that we're already in this situation at the beginning of the season, not even early in the season, Tallman. The be- the very beginning yeah, of the season. To start the season. just. Not what I think any of us expected. And like I said, they played preseason basketball together. We saw all three of them on the
1: court, and they did really well. Scored over 40 points in the first quarter? Bro, Like, oh, imagine,
0: imagine if they could play even 50 games together. Even 50 games together. I hope that's the case. It's still possible. I'm not saying it's not possible. I hope that's the case. But again, KD is going to take some—he might take some back-to-backs off, especially depending on the matchup. I fully expect them to evaluate that especially as our bench settles in. I mean, at least that's one silver lining, right? Whereas these guys are sitting out, Grayson Allen's getting extended minutes, so you're having to go a little bit deeper into the bench, guys that might not be in the rotation if the other two were healthy. So they get some experience and they can build the chemistry within themselves. But it's the stars that we're going to rely on because like, let's be honest, if in the again, in a perfect world, we make it to the playoffs, we're starting our very first playoff game and all three guys are healthy, what percentage of the scoring do you think those three guys are going to own? Oh
1: man, a very large, large chunk of that. 90 plus percent, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's got to be. I'd say probably a cool 80 percent.
0: Oh, at least I mean, you yeah. your Nurkic, excuse me, is going to get some looks. Um, those guys are going to be on the bench. So there's going to be some guys like Allen who are scoring. Akogi has shown that he's been able to keep improving over over his season. He had last season, and he can get on the on the board. Or what am I trying to say? He can score. Points. He can get to the <laughs> rim. I had like he three can different. Put it in the hoop. In the hoop. Dude. Put the ball in, in the, the basket. In the hoop. Yeah, I had like three different ideas for how I could say score a basket, and uh, neither of them came. None of them came out. He can I... get on
1: the board, he can show up on the score sheet. Yeah, he and he can get eyes.
0: fined for flopping too. Yeah. Did you see a Kobe oh, got fined oh, for did flopping five, $5 thousand dollars fine? Oh yeah. my lord! They're handing those out this season. So. Oh no! Maybe that's why Booker Could is kind of nursing his out. foot because he's like trying to figure out how to not flop. I will say, like, I'm not. I, I mean, everyone knows Mike and I play basketball. It's been a little bit for me. I, I was out with an injury for a while, and then uh, I've been out with laziness <laughs> a little bit lately. You've been out with Saturday night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a different conversation for another day. Uh, shout out Michael Benjamin, but. Uh, I, I, have embellished, um, contact before. Um, it, it's something that can kind of become instinctive if you let it. So I've tried to become better at that where there is one, there's one part of it though, where I don't really consider it flopping, where it's like, if you, are like, say you're going up for a layup and there's some contact on the body, you just kind of carry your momentum through. And I usually typically like end up going to the ground and sliding. And I'm not trying to flop or like, like embellish, but it's just kind of like my natural momentum carrying me to a comfortable position. And I think that might be kind of something that gets lost in, in translation. And I think that'd be an interesting conversation for Mike and I to have on past the outlet, um, live stream to kind of break down some of these new changes that have come into the rules. So we'll talk, Mike, we'll talk. Um, But yeah, so anyway, getting off track, talking about Josh Okogie and his uh, fine. (laughs) And Devin Booker probably getting some fines. Um, At the end of the day, I just want to see these guys play together. And it's early in the season, and the Suns are going to do great. And I'm not even really worried about them at all.
1: Um, But Talman, is there anything else you want to say about the Suns? Yeah, um, I guess, I don't know. You said you're not worried about them. I'm a little worried about kind of how it started mostly oh, the deal the okay. part um but but then again it's you know like you already mentioned these guys aren't going to play 82 games you know they're, they're not and it doesn't matter how much the the league whines and complains about it i mean these guys are they're they're with it they're, they're trying to get to the postseason you know and that's that's just what it is is the season too long maybe who knows i don't know no, um, I w- I will never entertain you'll ne- that. that no, you'll never, a- entertain that. I'll never, never entertain that. Never entertain to it right, too long. All right, okay. All right. Well, I mean, it gets well, what, just, all right, total side note. Well, how about how was the how was regular season basketball when every finals was LeBron James and the Golden State Warriors? Well, sorry. What would you say? What what was the question? No, when every when the all right, so in the finals what was it like 2000 12 13 it was always it was lebron james versus the golden state warriors yeah for like two or three years yeah it was like it was the same finals matchup where it's like okay well who cares about the regular season we know it's going to be the cavaliers versus the the warriors in the finals so who cares right okay so Uh, that's a total side note okay so i guess because i this is a conversation like you're right like the teams have
0: not teams but like the league has talked about or maybe not the league I'm sorry, I'm fucking waffling on this, but there have <laughs> been people that have asked about shortening the season. The, exactly the question you posed, is the NBA season too long? And maybe, maybe, what, what do you want to, sh- what would you, or I don't know if what side you're on. It sounds like you're in favor of maybe shortening it a little bit, but shorten it to what, 62 games, 72 games. How many games do you want to shave off of the regular
1: season? Oh man, I'm sure there's, that's, a, that's such a more complex question than it appears on the surface um i'd say 72 but then what's the difference of 10 games you know i i don't know Um, well okay
0: but that's a great point though like if you'd make it 72 or even 65 or somewhere in between i think you still make the season as long calendar wise you just add for some more rest days you eliminate the back-to-backs i honestly kind of hate the back-to-backs like with these guys like it's especially when you're talking about two three four games in a week like these guys are going to need some rest, especially when you're throwing travel in there. If you're going coast to coast, I know they try and do their best with the way they put the schedule together where you're not having to go from Boston to California to Florida or some shit, but I think there's a way to do it. I, I guess I guess, as we're having this conversation, I'm coming around a little bit. Like, If you want to shorten the season, sure, but you're talking about disrupting so much historic precedent and then completely altering the course of records that are set because the single season records nobody will ever be able to achieve those numbers again you start a whole new era of basketball when you do that
1: yeah you're right but then like i mean i just had to look it up um so say you're a you're a player coming up through college you know how many games they play in a college basketball season 35 at the most so then you go on from playing 35 games to playing 82 games and then even college football, it's less of a jump. College football, you're playing 12 games at the least. And then you're turning around and you're going to go play 17 in the NFL at the least. So it's, I don't know, I mean, 35, 82, 12, 17. It's a, and obviously, it's completely different sports. Obviously, football is a little more demanding than any other sport we sit here and talk about on this podcast. But... I don't know. I mean, you go from playing 30, 35 games, and then you're going to play 82. Uh, but I'm with you, though. It's an unpopular uh, question, shortening it. And you're probably right. How did he drop that? Uh, you're probably right. It's never going to get shortened. There's way too much that goes into it with the the stats, the history, how the game's been played. and I'm not an advocate for it whatsoever, so... Um, yeah, no, I think that's a very uh, nuanced question
0: and um, definitely one that's worth having, I, I think. I mean, because especially with the way players have been getting injured and everything that's happened in the league as of late and the way things have been trending with the battle between players, the Players Association teams wanting to rest guys, give them breaks, load load management is a new term we've just started to see in the last 10 years. It's definitely worth having. But if anyone was wondering how did he drop that, what Talman said is we're sitting here watching the Sunday night football game uh, as we record this, it's the Bears taking on the Chargers. Right now it's 17-0 in the <laughs> second. And oh, um the Bears backup quarterback. Who is it? I have no fucking clue. Baguette. Baguette or no, something like that. <laughs> no,
1: that's, that's, a, that's, a long, that's a long piece of bread. Um
0: <laughs> <laughs> But b- he dropped baguette he, he dropped an absolute dime to a wide open receiver in the end zone, and the dude stumbled, the receiver stumbled. And uh, didn't and he almost he almost ca- caught, he on almost caught it on his yeah, ass, almost caught it and on it his bounced ass.
1: off his chest, incomplete. Uh, I, did, I was trying to figure. I don't know who number twelve is. Sorry, I'm not very savvy on uh, uh, the Chicago Bears 2023 roster. Not a
0: big Bears fan. Yeah, but now this is a great time to transition to talking about the NFL and football actually, because in local news we saw this week Kyler Murray returned to practice for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, in addition to that, receiving a full like clean bill of health designation he basically he wasn't on the injury report right that's what it was like yeah yeah he was not like on full the participant yep. nothing no problem with him at all so speculation grew very quickly will he play in the game sunday against the baltimore ravens and the answer to that question ultimately was no we got to see joshua dobbs <laughs> no. once again or like i like to say the quarterback stylings of joshua dobbs Joshua. joshua joshua Dobbs, the quarterback stylings of joshua dobbs um he is a he is he's an interesting quarterback he's not bad but he's not good it's weird jo- josh Dobbs is a weird guy he can use his feet he can run so he's kind of a kind of a perfect compliment to kyler murray to have as a backup Uh, someone who can probably be on the scout team once kyler murray is fully healthy and kind of simulate what these scrambling quarterbacks can do in addition to being a pocket presence because he does have a decent arm on him he's not always the most accurate but i'm not here to talk about joshua dobbs we're talking about kyler motherfucking murray ready to go but not against the baltimore ravens and then is he going to come back next week i think he should Talman doesn't think he should. We think Talman thinks he should take another week and not come back to the Atlanta Falcons. Use up his full period of time that he's allotted when he's reactivated from the injury reserve
1: before he has to actually suit up and perform. Right? Something like that. Yeah, that's that's pretty close. Uh, there's, I mean, come on. What's the what's the point of seeing Kyler come back right away? I mean, this is a one in seven football team now. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. So really, what it is? Give the guy as much time off as he can get. I mean, he just tore the shit out of his knee. Right. So um, I, I, my feeling is he's going to take that full three weeks coming off the pup list. And why not, you know, give him as much time. And then you still have what you still have seven games left, right? No, you have eight games left. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You still have eight games left if Kyler comes back and plays against the Falcons at home on November 12th. I mean, eight games is a huge sample size. I mean, that gives you more than enough time to figure out is Kyler Murray your franchise quarterback moving forward? Can he figure out how to play football coming back from that injury? How does he work in this, this Jonathan Gannon system? You know, that's going to give you all the answers you're looking for. And if he turns out to be your guy, perfect. If he doesn't, maybe you showcase him a little bit and you, you know, you dish him out in the off season. But bringing him back for the Ravens, no, there's no way he's coming back for the Ravens. Uh, but then. Well, what's,
0: what's your excuse for that, though? Why? Because, because he's not ready? No, I
1: I... because of the playbook,
0: because he doesn't know the playbook, because that's been one of the big narratives that has been coming out is like there's been like this fucking dichotomy where it's like, oh, Kyler Murray, you want to get this good sample size, like eight games. Sure, that's a good sample size. But is nine, ten games a little bit better. And he's had all this time to rehab. He's been working out every single day. And then people try and carry his water and say, oh, well, he needs time to learn the playbook. He has to learn the playbook. It's a new offense. Well, Joshua Dobbs had what, six fucking days to do that before he made his first start? And he hasn't been doing great, but he hasn't been doing terrible either. He's, I mean, we're one in seven, Cody. We're, we're one in seven.
1: That's, that's the, that's my reasoning. We're one in seven. But that okay. I can use that too. Then, I
0: can use that as my reasoning too. No, I want you to go here, but I could use that no, as, yeah, as right. my reasoning too. Whereas, like we're one in seven. What do you have to lose? If you already think you're going to lose the game, win or lose. Like, are you worried you will win games and then you won't get the draft position? Is it more of a chess match? Am I am I thinking too deeply about this?
1: Yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't say you can never think too deeply about something that you're interested in. Right. 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 Young brothers. Absolutely. Young crunk yes. brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, it's. I think what. What you have to lose is you're risking injury. You have to lose Kyler Murray if he gets hurt, and you don't want him to get hurt. Like if he are comes we, are in, are we a playoff team next year? Oh no, God, no, no. But I mean, it's it's it could be possible. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about the NFL. You don't need to rebuild, tear everything down, and take five years to rebuild up a playoff team like in the MLB. It's not like baseball. NFL, you can turn around and you can have you can have a playoff team in the next year or the next two years so it's it's possible we could be a playoff team but then you got to look at your the rest of the division and would it be difficult it'd be very difficult but at this point one in seven football team you're not worried about winning games because we're probably not going to win a lot of games you're worried about Kyler Murray getting hurt and you're already getting him for eight games. And he's coming off of the biggest injury of his career. So there's no point to rush him back because it's not like, all right, if this team, what, we're one and seven, if we were four and four, I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, get him out there. You know, make him suit up. You know, get him out there. So Yeah, okay. that would be a different – if we're actually here trying – we're building something, we're surviving with Dobbs at quarterback, and we have a chance to actually make a push, at this point there's no reason. Eight games – all right, so eight games is, is our sample size if he comes back against the Falcons, and I could be totally wrong. Who we are those opponents? You have it right there in front yeah, of you. Yeah, I do. So he, we're, we're playing some good competition, man. So it's not like he's coming out here playing a bunch of bums. He's not. So obviously the Falcons, but the Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. They're doing a lot better than better we are, right? Year? And then you got the Texans. The Texans are 3-4. and four. They're doing a lot better than we are, Lost right? To the Panthers today. Yeah, well, they did. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, but they're, they're a 3-3 three and three team going into the, uh, into the Sunday this week. Uh, then we got division games. We're playing the Rams. We're playing Seattle. We're playing the 49ers. So he gets to go up against that 49ers defense. He also gets to go up against... The Steelers' defense, which they're a great defense. That's going to be a challenge for him, and it's going to be great to see how he responds to that Steelers' defense and even the 49ers' defense. I mean, also, we're going to play the NFC best, the Eagles, man. I mean, you got three division games, you got two really tough, uh, really tough defenses. You're playing one of the best teams in football, with the Eagles. The only easy one you're going to get is the Bears, but the Bears have a better record than you right now. Yeah, they're starting baguette right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure I'm sure come December 24th, Christmas Eve, I'm sure Mr. Uh, Justin Fields will be back, but that's a that's a solid sample size. It's good competition and I, I don't see the reason why he needs to rush back against the Browns. If you look up the stats on the Browns, the Browns have to be a top five, top six defense right now in the NFL. That's a good defense. Their offense sucks because Deshaun Watson can't get massages anymore, and you got P.J. Walker <laughs> starting. Yeah, that offense is going to struggle because Deshaun Watson's not playing, and he's not, his, uh, he's not Texas Deshaun Watson anymore. But what's the point going on the road to play the Browns rushing him back to that but you could also argue how that you're not I, rushing him you keep back saying I know. that how he is it rushing played.
0: him back but what's because he's been rehabbing for so
1: long rushing him back
0: would have been starting in week four yeah no, Tallman, you're right. we're going into so, week nine now
1: we're going into week nine no you're right
0: He's but, been but ready then, since week one. He said he would have started week one if it were up to him. Yeah, but basically, but, like reading between the lines, Kyler was ready to start week one. If we're if we're not being dumb as fuck about this, Kyler was physically, mentally ready to start week one. And this team is tut tutting him along, and they're continuing to do that. That's my biggest problem. Is this isn't about protecting Kyler anymore. It really isn't. And I get what you're saying about the sample size. It's
1: plenty. Like well, you, th- those you, appointments you lay out are that's good competition for sure. You're, you're protecting your investment right now. So, and it's, if it's not going to make a difference, if he comes back and starts week nine or week 10, what's the point? Give him a little extra time. You're going to like this. Give him some extra practices under his yeah, belt, right? right? Yeah, right? Josh he's only Dob- got six. Josh Dobbs had a lot of extra yeah, practices before he six. started. Well, right? that was, yeah. oh, it,
0: that's a whole nother story because um, that's a that's a narrative though like people are saying like oh kyler needs to incorporate into this offense and well, learn yeah. this new style in the playbook he's been studying the playbook he knows the playbook like he's i been don't
1: taking mental reps every single week right. right he's on the sideline he's got the headset on he knows what's going on he's taking those mental reps right yeah i mean you would you'd hope he would be he's, hopefully he's not thinking about going live on stream la- or on a uh, twitch later uh, that was that's i, that's I haven't been keeping track joke. but i don't um, think he does that anymore no, to be no that he probably was, doesn't yeah, stream anymore I'm just being an asshole. Um, But (laughs) no, he's he's taking, he's taking those mental reps. Like he's, you see him on the sideline. He's got the headset on. He's not calling plays. It's, it's not what he's doing. He's sitting there. He's listening. He's listening to how the offense, um, how the offense is being called. He's listening to every play call. He should be mentally envisioning what that play call is what he would do, you know, and and reacting to what he's seeing on the field and trying to give some pointers to Josh Dobbs when he can. But I don't know. I mean, have you seen Kyler make any, any contact with Dobbs on the sideline? No, it didn't, not. Not in the games I've watched. You think they'd show that? Or, I don't know. That's a whole other question. Well, I'm like, pretty sure. Do you older want to question? His, you want to question his leadership? Yeah, but Kyler Murray is—he's uh, a two-time Pro Bowler, working of the true. Year. The guy is he's, one of the best football players to come out of Texas. Period. Yeah. Oh yeah, but. he's a Texas legend, man. He won the Heisman Trophy. He's way—he's got a—he's got a lot more to show. They than put Dobbs. up that statue of him at OU, man. Right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Um, but I—I I just don't. I don't see the point to, all right, I won't use the word or the phrase, rush him back. I'm not going to yeah, no, use no, that. No, don't use that. Yeah, thank, no. you. thank you. But I just, it just makes sense. Bring him back in a favorable matchup. Why take him out on the road to play in Cleveland against the Browns, who have a really good defense, when you could have him start at home in front of his own fans against a Falcons team that's not, the defense is a little more porous than, those Cleveland Browns. It just, just doubt, makes sense. Yeah. And then you line it up. Okay, he comes back against the Falcons. He plays the Falcons, the Texans, the Rams. That's that's not It's not an easy schedule. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, those are three easy games <laughs> when all three of those teams have way better records, records than the Cardinals. They're doing a lot more than the Cardinals right now um, on the field. But it's, it's a little more favorable uh, when, when you look at it rather than him coming back with the Browns And I I don't know. And then I just, I'm just worried. I'm worried about it. And I guess my opinion is they're protecting their investment, right? This guy costs you a lot of money. So you want to see him come back and succeed. You don't want to come back and get hurt because if he comes back, get, gets hurt in three games, man, you are just, it's, you're, you're pissing so much down the drain and you can't get rid of the guy. You can't trade him. You can't turn him around and get something back. It's you're stuck with it. So it's it just makes sense for him to eat up the whole 3 weeks that he gets to come back off the pup to start and be active on game day. It just does and it's favorable for him to start against the Falcons.
0: Yeah. No, I mean I I hear your arguments and I think that it's it it is what it is. I I got to be fine with it, I guess. I just think they should have they should have thrown him out there cuz there's no it's the NFL, man. Every team is able to win any given Sunday. That's the whole point of the NFL. I mean, we except saw for the Cardinals. Except for the Cardinals, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we saw today the fucking Chiefs got fucking stomped by the Denver Broncos and the Broncos are a bottom feeder team, dude. Like Russell Wilson is to say he's a shell of himself would be a compliment to Russell Wilson at this point. Like he is not good. Um so yeah, I mean whether it's the the today the Ravens that haven't been world beaters, the Browns next week, who like you said, Deshaun Watson isn't very good. Miles Garrett's good, and their defense is okay, but like not anything crazy either. And then the Falcons, like yeah, four and four. Desmond Ritter is their quarterback. They got a rookie and Bijan Robinson, Drake London. Like they got some guys on on their offensive side. So it's maybe a little bit of a defense, an easier defense to start against instead of going against the Ravens or the Browns defense, that tough AFC North. Um, but you're right. You're, eventually, he's going to have to play TJ Watt in the Steelers defense anyway. Minka Fitzpatrick got injured today, so maybe he'll be healthy by that game, and our old boy Patrick Peterson on yeah. that Steelers defense. Pat P. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. So I, I, you're right; you're probably not going to see him next week against the Browns in Cleveland. Probably going to be a couple weeks at, in, Atlanta, in Atlanta.
1: No, that's a home, here. That's a home game here against yeah, Atlanta. Yeah. So um, State Farm Stadium.
0: Yeah, and then that, again, that's again probably another thing. They're like, oh, we want to, we want him to start at home. We want him to play his first game at home. So. Give him the most comfortable first start back as possible. I get that. Build his confidence. Let him go. There you go. Build his confidence. That was perfect. There we go. That's another argument that can be made. So whatever. At the end of the day, you're right. It's tank season. We want them to have a bad record so they can get a high pick. So maybe we can get Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, that is bad, though. That's not great for Kyler Murray, though, if we come back and we're 0 of 8 on his on the rest of the games he gets to play this season. Um I know there's a lot of factors that go into that. Maybe he plays great on offense and then the defense just starts choking. But honestly, the defense has been keeping us in games up until this point with the way they've been playing. So if you add Kyler Murray in and he really brings this offense – into form then you're talking about a team that's competitive and what is that good for and then maybe you do wish you brought him back two games early if this team i'm not going to say this team's going to go eight no when kyler comes back like i'm not saying
1: that at all but wouldn't that be nice though uh, uh, w- <laughs> wouldn't that be something ain't that something that's something we got KD. <laughs> um well no i i hear you though and you're absolutely right the the defense has definitely stepped up i mean even to start the season it was it you could tell that it You could tell the defense was the one that was, you know, bringing home the bacon for us Uh, in all of our moral victories. Uh, Let me, let me, and our only victory and our only victory. Yeah. I mean, to, to keep a Dallas offense like that and the red zone. So shut down. That was, it wasn't bad. That was a great performance. And even, even today you, you finally get Jalen Thompson back. You get Buddha, you have Buddha back. I mean, he came back last week, but you finally get Thompson, uh, your Thompson and uh, Baker duo back in the secondary. That's, extremely helpful but this this team i don't know the defense has been the most surprising part Um, outside of Josh Dobbs for maybe two and a half games, which was also kind of surprising, but he's come down to earth. We all know Josh Dobbs is not the guy. He's not a starter in this league. He's just not disciplined when it comes to throwing the football. The accuracy's not there. The arm talent's not there. The only thing the guy can do is he can scramble for a first down when you need it. I'll give him that. The dude can run, he can scramble, and he can get it done uh, on the ground. But throwing the football, he's not the guy. Uh, but, But I'm with you, though. When Kyler comes back, it's I mean, you you don't want to see him fall flat on his face because that's going to be bad for everybody. You want to see him come back, have you know some decent, uh, s- some some average success. You don't want to lose that high draft pick. Pick you want to get Marvin Harrison. Um, I say Marvin Harrison. It's Marvin Harrison, right? Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, right, yep. there you go. I almost said Marvin Harris. Um, <laughs> you, you want to still see them get that high draft pick. You want to see the Texans do bad, um, so that their first pick is is high but you also want Kyler to be good so that hey you have some good momentum going into the next season. The guy can still play football. He can trust his knee. He can still be mobile. And then on the other side if you decide he's not your guy, then you can flip him, turn him and trade him to another team because no one's trading for Kyler Murray if he comes back and goes 0 oh, and 8. That's yeah. it's just not happening. That's a great point. Then you got to figure out okay, what are we doing wrong? How can we make this better? How can we win games with Kyler Murray at fo- at uh, at quarterback? So I guess we're going to have to wait and see, but it's probably going to be that Falcons game that uh we finally get to see it. Yeah, I think you're I think
0: you're right. Um the way just everything's been trending and the the rumblings and how th- it's just how things broke down. I think you're right. It's going to be the Atlanta Falcons game and we'll see what happens. Like we said a lot of different ways that could go, a lot of different things to consider and narratives built into that. But at the end of the day, I do want to see Kyler Murray succeed. I want him to stay on this Cardinals team and be our franchise quarterback and be that leader and prove that he's grown up and grown into this role and what he's been here to do and what he's getting paid to do. Because don't forget, starting next year, he's going to be taking up a lion's share of our salary cap space. And he's got to prove that he's worthy of that by making those incredible plays, staying healthy, and winning us football games more importantly than anything else. But Tallman, man, I can't believe that we have been doing this now for almost two years, this Valley Sports oh, Plug fun. podcast. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Man, we're winding down. It's been taxing lately, to say the least, with all these recaps oh, we've been man. doing for the Diamondbacks, the Cardinals.
1: A to... beautiful complaint to have. Though.
0: Exactly. It's... It's taxing in a good way, in the best way possible. Um, I absolutely love it. I have absolutely been just wild about this Diamondbacks run. Just crazy. Like, it's surreal. Like We talked about it for 30-plus minutes to start this podcast. But the Diamondbacks, what they're doing is just capturing the hearts of everybody in the Valley. And probably, like like we had when we were kids in 2001, watching that team win the World Series, like, that really like that team cemented me as a fan like going to those games I loved Matt Williams I loved Luis Gonzalez Randy Johnson like that team was incredible so now this team with Corbin Carroll and Zach Gallen and Gabriel Moreno and Cattell Marte like this is a the new generation's team and if they can pull off this World Series team that will just cement it I'm sorry this World Series win that will just cement it even more and I just I can't I can't go on and on enough about the Diamondbacks, but Talman, is there anything else you want to say about uh, the
1: Diamondbacks or any yeah, Valley yeah. sports? So, I mean, you, you're absolutely right. It's with the, I mean that that 2001 team stole everyone's heart. Yeah, and then you're sitting there and you're talking about a, a franchise that's what that was only four years old, mm-hmm. the, the quickest expansion team to ever have a championship in any major uh, sports league in the United States. I mean, that's that's some that's some good stuff right there. And they they stole Arizona's, the state of Arizona's heart, man. Everyone became a fan of that, and you kind of felt like they were, you know, they weren't the talk of the town. I mean, we had some good Cardinals teams. You saw a nine and seven Cardinals team go all the way to the Super Bowl in '09, and we had some good playoff teams as well as the Cardinals in 2015. You, you saw some Phoenix Suns teams make yeah. it to the Western Conference yeah, then, Finals. Then yeah, then you've seen some. So they've kind of been like the the little brother out of the main sports leagues. And then you could sit here uh, before or I don't know throw it three months ago you go hey who's gonna win a championship next the Cardinals the Suns or the D-backs the Suns you would say the Suns right and then everybody would you would be stupid not to say it would be the Suns and then now we're sitting here we're talking we're 1-1 in the World Series going on game three the Dimebacks have not skipped a beat and right now I'd say the Dimebacks are going to be the next team to win a championship it's it's incredible this is a great time to be an Arizona sports fan and if you think about it this is exactly what Arizona sports fans need this is what this town needs right now it has been a blessing for us an unexpected blessing for us so i couldn't be more happy and i can't wait to to watch that game game 3 and i can't wait to go to game 5 and see what that what that atmosphere is going to be like chase field Oh man, we're going to blow the roof off. That's going to be a lot of fun. And hey, it's still set up to where we could win this and we could win this in 5. We could. We could. It's possible. I, I hope so, so I can watch uh, I can watch that World Series victory with my own two eyes. That would be there would be nothing more beautiful than that. But uh like I said, incredible time to be an Arizona Sports fan. Man, I'm envious that you're going to that game 5
0: and I'm going to be even more envious if they have a chance to clinch the World Series win and do so. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, man, that would be absolutely incredible. I think most people are expecting this game, this series, excuse me, to go six or seven. But, man, what's what's your, uh, your prediction? My prediction. Yeah. Um, Diamondbacks in six. I was
1: that's what I was leaning towards D backs and six
0: D backs and six. And that sucks. Cause that means they'll close it out in Texas again, but that's good. That, that'd be almost perfect though. Cause yeah. like that's been the whole narrative of this team in this postseason is having to win on the road, having to win series on the road and just getting the job done by any team, any means necessary. I mean, going back to Philadelphia down three to two was just in a monumental task. And we didn't even talk about the Philadelphia series. And I don't, I don't, think we need to go back and rehash all of that uh because we did plenty of that on the recap yeah it's over and done with yeah but man Tori Lovello said we weren't going to come all the way across the country and get our ass kicked And I think that's the the case with this, even just the World Series being like, whether it's in Texas or Arizona, they didn't come all the way to the World Series just to get their ass kicked. They know what's out there about them. Nobody is giving this team any respect, even though we're in the World Series, even though we beat some of the best teams in baseball to get here. We are not getting any motherfucking respect because these people didn't watch a single Diamondbacks game this entire season. And based off what they're saying, they clearly didn't watch much much of the postseason either. This team has got that fucking dog in them and sorry for anyone listening with their children right now but man i am just so fucking hyped for this team right now and again i'm so jealous that you're gonna get to go to that game five and (laughs) hopefully witness that clinch i'm
1: stoked It's, it's it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a party. This, this is a fun baseball team, and man, hasn't this postseason just made you like Lavello like even more? Bro, Lavello's
0: grown on just me. Just like some of his clothes, so like
1: the we didn't come uh, all the way across the country get our ass kicked. That, that's yeah. incredible. Him and Gambo
0: ch- chugging champagne in the locker
1: room. Yeah, yeah, that's he's he's awesome, man. And then uh, what? Some of his uh, let, let's fucking party like after. Yeah, yeah, he's. I don't know. It's it's been it's been great to see him grow, and I'm so so happy for that guy. Yeah, he's gone through a lot and a lot of calls for his head throughout the
0: last couple years, and I think he's clearly proven that he's the guy that needs to be
1: here. Oh, he is, especially yeah. with oh, this he's going right to get now. rewarded handsomely, I'm Ooh, sure, and he should be. I think he's got one year left on his deal, but he gets an extension. Man, and how about he those, gets an extension? How about
0: those rumors about Hazen being connected to going back to Boston? Boston? And, yeah, and he's not going. Anywhere. Oh man, after this, how yeah. could you, man? No, he's you, not. You have cemented yourself here, and it's funny because I, I again, I don't want to get too caught up on the Dynamax. I know we're trending towards wrapping this up but there was a story that I heard that Hazen had planned like a fishing trip with him and his kids for like right now and because obviously he didn't even even our general manager didn't, didn't think it. that we would be in the World Series. Like, Tallman, nobody. Absolutely nobody. I guarantee you, even the players on that team, as much hope and as much fight and belief that they had in them, if you ask them genuinely, do you think that you will be in the
1: World Series in October, going into November, they would have said no, if they were being honest. they are being honest, yeah, but, I mean, the right... The right answer as a professional sports player for any team would be, yeah, we're yeah. gonna win it yeah. every year. Or anything well, possible. Y- that, you know? Come on, that's just so cliche. You know that's how they're gonna answer. But yeah, no, I'm with you. And then the Hazen's not going anywhere, man. Mike Hazen, he's created this is his baby. This team is his baby. He's created a home here in Arizona. If you guys don't know about uh the very, very sad, unfortunate loss of Mike Hazen's wife, um she did get very sick and she did end up passing away. A couple years ago but this guy he's created a home here and he's been through he's been through everything with this team with this coaching staff with all the players in the or excuse me with all the people in the front office this is his home i don't see him going anywhere how do you build something so great like this and it's so young, and it's just the beginning. Yeah. Exactly, it's just so the beginning. Young.
0: We were hoping that we would make the playoffs, maybe win a game in the playoffs, and then next year have that like. Right. Yes, we're a playoff we're team. Ahead we're a good of team. schedule right now. So, this team is ahead of schedule. That's an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> they
1: are ahead of schedule. And if you're Mike Hazen, you're not going around. You're sticking around for the show because it's only going to go up from here. So I love that rumor. Normally, when you hear rumors around people in your organization that means they're doing something right yeah so hats off to him he's done an incredible job building this team Lavello's done an incredible job managing this team through an incredible postseason man it's been it's just been incredible and it's
0: so funny like we started out the podcast on a high talking about the d-backs with smiles on our faces you get a little upset (laughs) with the suns like still like kind of like okay they're they're doing good but they're injured they're banged up then we got real 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 frowns on our face talking about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are just trudging through their season. We know they suck. They're not going to be good this year. They're not going to be good next year. And we finish on the high, rejoicing in the card or in the Diamondbacks, excuse me, once again with smiles on our faces. Man, I am so stoked! Make sure you guys are following us on social media. I can't stress that enough. It's at az underscore vsp on Instagram, TikTok, and X.com. Uh, And then Valley Sports Plug Arizona on Facebook and Valley Sports Plug on YouTube. YouTube is the most important for sure because that's where you can catch all of our video content. We do recaps of every single postseason game for any team that makes the playoffs. Right now, we're deep in doing the Diamondbacks recaps. I've mentioned that a few times. The Phoenix Suns, we're going to recap them every two weeks to keep you updated with how their season is going. And then weekly, every single game the Cardinals play, we'll give you a recap of that as well. So make sure you stay tuned. If you're this deep in the podcast and you're at the end here with us, thank you so much. You're a real OG, a true fan, and we appreciate you so fucking much from the bottom of my heart. I love you. I'm Chris Patrick and for VSP Tallman, shout out Michael Benjamin. We will see you next time. Peace.